0: production companies make these amazing videos um and then go oh no we need we need you know we need to think about some music and stuff and it's sort of like becomes a bit of a rush and but actually when you think about it at the same time as you know pre-production and you start planning it and actually how the sound's going to work with the visuals it elevates the video so much and you'll know this if you've ever watched a, you know if you if you you know go into watch some, you know some of the latest like for instance like the new James Bond um you know trailer and if you listen to the actual sound design on it and actually what's included over the top um it just takes it to another level
1: welcome to audio branding the hidden gem of marketing sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision making than you may realize in this podcast i'll help you understand the art and science of sound so, you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangel. Let's delve a little deeper. This is the first part of my interview with Aaron Matthews. My next guest is an audio branding expert who has worked with some of the biggest media brands in the UK, including BBC Radio 1, Global Radio, and Bauer. He's fine-tuned his understanding of how consumers interact with brands at a content level, and the company he founded, Creative Fix, develops unique audio advertising content that's relevant, distinctive, and memorable. That's an important one. His name is Aaron Matthews, and I have no doubt he'll have a lot to say about the current state of the advertising industry, especially when it comes to sound. As always, if you have questions for my guest, you're welcome to reach out through the links in the show notes. And if you have questions for me, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com where you'll find a lot of ways to get in touch. Plus, subscribing to the newsletter will let you know when the new podcasts are available. And now, here's my interview with Aaron Matthews. Thank you so much for being with me today here. I want to start off things by asking a sort of uh, set placement question I guess I ask a lot of people this because I get some really interesting stories so do you have an early memory of how sound moved you
0: yeah I mean my pretty earliest memory of it and my sort of growing up kind of in our house the my, my mom and dad are massive music fans and I think that was um, you know I remember always you know not us being around the telly always us being around the kind of stereo which sounds like really old-fashioned um like some kind of victorian house but it wasn't like that but
1: that's okay i'm, I'm older too
0: <laughs> like kind of like some kind of 80s ghetto blaster yes. with my dad playing this like you know amazing music from you know people like in and you know george michael and all these incredible artists and stuff which obviously when you listen to those in you know in 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 sort of in a room and you've got you know it's loud and you hear the amazing production on them and stuff i think that was my sort of earliest memory of kind of just being really really into music and that's sort of carried on obviously through what i do now and you know and, and djing and such like and my love of music has definitely come from my parents and that and that memory of of being in the house kind of collectively as a family listening to, to music together is is probably my earliest memory and then as i sort of got older as well and then maybe just kind of experimenting with the type of music that i like to listen to and my tastes are pretty um eclectic i sort of moved from sort of house music which is what i play as a as a dj what i'm a fan of but also through to kind of classical stuff and i remember when i was about 13 or 14 um you know how you used to get like magazines that used to usually come with like attachments and kind of like cds and like really exciting yeah, stuff yeah i remember on one magazine i'm not quite sure what the magazine was but um there was a, a free cd of of um the planets by holst which is a an amazing piece of classical music if no one's ever heard it it's like you know it's it's up there with with the greatest and, and i remember hearing that and thinking wow what a what an amazing sound and and you know how emotional that music is and how it moves you and I remember hearing that as a teenager and thinking wow this is this I've never heard anything like that before and it was amazing and I think that's probably sort of a collection of kind of my earliest memories.
1: Wonderful, yeah, and lots of great ones too. And I do remember the days when they used to send free CDs. <laughs> uh, long time ago, and now, yeah, yeah, exactly. I
0: know God's showing our age. Jeez,
1: <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, this whole digital media thing has—I mean, we've probably seen it develop from pretty early on. I would imagine. Mm. And you say that you're—are you still a DJ, or were you doing that previously?
0: Yeah, it's just purely a hobby um you know I tend to attend to DJ on the side and you know at friends parties and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and you know and it's it's you know I've, I've played out and stuff before numerous t- numerous times sort of when I've when I've been in London in the UK um and it's great fun it's great it's it's that um it's quite there's um if you've ever sort of done it and ever played out in in that situation I'd imagine it's very much like you know acting and you know being in front of an audience which is what you're doing it's a very so quite a rush from it. It's quite an adrenaline rush. Um, yeah, and I, think I it's sing, that, so,
1: yeah. Yeah, well, it's a thing, isn't it? You're, <laughs> it's the same thing. You're,
0: you're, you're you know, at the, at the simplest form, you're, you know, altering someone's emotions through through music, which is yeah. what I do, you know, in my day job, but also to take that out and, you know, play music and seeing people's reaction and seeing how it affects people and, and what they do. It's like, that's really powerful, and that's why music and sound to me is just so you know, so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into figuring out what the next song should be, I guess, <laughs> just to mm. keep people dancing or to slow them down or whatever. I mean, you can pretty much dictate how they're going to react by the music you play. It's, uh, yeah. I, it would be a rush. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and and the pressure as well. I think the pressure for me is, is getting that next song right and, and trying to figure out what that is. And, and having that kind of knowledge of all of your music and all of your library to kinda of think, right, what can I do next to better that or to, to change the mood or, or whatever. And I think that's 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 super powerful.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I know from performances that I've done that are live, it is definitely a rush because it's uh mm. it's a communal thing. I mean, it's very much I mean, you're dictating what's going out into that audience, but at the same time, they're reacting or not reacting. And so it's a shared experience in a way, Mm. which I think is really important. Yeah, yeah. So your background is clearly in um, music and and audio. So how did you get interested in doing what you're doing now? I know that you are um, in Creative Fix and you're working in ads and all of that. But how did that Whole thing happen,
0: <laughs> yeah. So my my kind of career in audio started in in radio and commercial radio in the UK. I was. Um... started a bit before that maybe maybe at school radio level i think i did some some kind of school radio um and then had a a sort of massive interest in in again you know music and sound and and i think that sort of presentation you know wanting to be on the radio and actually wanting to be a a sort of presenter back then which i you know eventually got to do a, a little bit but actually i started as a as a producer and i would you know start i was about 16 17 Um, at a radio station and I would play in all the recorded shows and what we call tech op back in the day where we're playing in all the ads and all the sweepers and the jingles and all the the kind of pre-recorded presenter links and that then sort of evolved to making production, you know, making trailers, making all the imaging for the radio station. Um, and then through to some on air work as well, and 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 then managed to sort of move my way up through uh, the Capital Radio Group in the UK. Uh, ended up working at, at Capital Radio in London, um, and then producing the big sort of Top Forty show that we have in, in the UK, which goes across all the radio stations there. And then did a bit of time at Radio One and some other London radio stations as well. So, um, so so that's where it started really, and and it's kind of been a really nice evolution sort of from that, and and now you know when we started kind of creative fix we started working with you know the likes of spotify and a lot of their brand ads and it that was sort of an evolution for sort of all the things that i learned in radio and all of the things that we were taught about kind of quality and sound recording and you know how to make things sound great in the studio and you know best practices you know all that stuff is in place in what we do now and we're sort of taking that forward to digital audio but with all the really exciting tech behind us as well, where we can, you know, make all sorts of interesting ads, you know, using using the latest tech. So yeah, that that's sort of how it started, really. Um,
1: and I think when we spoke last, you'd mentioned that there is a difference between radio and digital audio creative. I'm curious as to if you could explain that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the simplest terms, you know, radio is, you know, from its you know, conception is a shared listening experience. You know, we always remember we will remember those kind of stock stock images we have of, you know, when radio was first conceived and we would all, you know, as a family kind of sit around the radio and, and listen to it a little bit like what I was talking about at our, our family home um previously. Yeah. Um, you know, radio is a very much shared shared experience. And even, you know, even now in, you know, twenty twenty two, you know, we are listening you know maybe slightly differently when it comes to you know on smart speakers but you know it's collectively you know in the family home or you know a family environment potentially in the car potentially in the workplace you know and advertising hasn't really changed on radio because of that you know when it comes to advertising you are uh, a commercial within a you know an ad break full of lots of other commercials and you need to be heard so the general style of radio ads are they're pretty shouty and loud and they want to grab your attention from across the room and you know yeah, throughout exactly. all these other ads where digital audio we know from research that over 80% of people listen uh, in their headphones so we've got this really for the first time ever when it comes to to audio ads a really unique position where we're actually we've got the listeners full attention um, and now more than ever we've got really great headphones and so most people listen uh, you know, with some form of kind of noise cancelling. So actually it's not just headphones, it's sort of headphones 2.0. We've got, you know, more, more than ever we can do in terms of sound. And that, that presents Mm -hmm. lots of really interesting opportunities for us from a purely production point of view and what we can do with sound generally. And actually we can, we can do things with sound that we never could, could in radio because you'd miss them.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, this is like speaking directly into someone's ear, Mm. right? Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Wanna know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com audio-branding-strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't wanna give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website. And I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while, totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that too. Now, back to the podcast. I do a lot of um, iHeart and uh, Pandora radio ads, radio, digital radio ads. And the way that they want that spoken from, as you know, a difference between actual radio ads is, is very much more intimate. It's very much more um, right against your ear, almost. They want you to be speaking to that one person who's listening in their headphones, and it's a really interesting difference in dynamic.
0: Yeah, yeah. and 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 I don't think it's just just voiceovers. I think you know I think that's sort of an evolution from kind of podcast ads and host reads mm-hmm. where you know it's very contextually relevant to the show you've got hosts that aren't necessarily selling you stuff they're talking about it contextually within their their programming and they're doing it in yeah, their style exactly and that's some of the most effective you know and it, it's some of the most premium ad spots you can buy when you buy you mm-hmm. know host read content but i think the ads are ads to doing that in in a uh, in podcasting too and it's very very obvious when you hear a radio ad In a podcast environment because it's not meant to be there (laughs) um yeah but but i don't think it's just the voiceover i think um you know there's there's so much more we can do do with sound than than we can do in radio you know you can you can put people in in different places through using really great soundscapes stuff that you would Mm -hmm. never be able to hear on the radio and you can put someone on a desert island and you've got that you know beach sound effect and and waves lapping up against you and that stuff's really powerful because you know before you even speak one word of copy or before the voiceover even starts speaking you have you know you've transported someone somewhere through their imagination and that's the stuff yeah. that, that really excites us and actually sound is very underused i still think in advertising um we're obsessed with Why ge- do you think that is I don't know i think that is a i think it's a i think it's a legacy radio thing i think Mm-hmm. you know because if you think about radio ads you can't have that silence you know you need to kind well, of Well, there's
1: just such poor quality I mean the audio quality of it getting over a transmitted radio signal is just so much mm. less than the streaming uh podcasts that we're listening to I mean even digitally which isn't as great as vinyl or whatever else but you know radio quality is pretty awful
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely and I think yeah you know, we're I think we're we're still kind of focusing on cramming as much kind of copy and as much voiceover into 30 second ads as possible. And actually, some of the best ads that I've heard are ads that have space and have soundscapes and have you and you sound really well and sound design really well. And if you think about it in these terms, you know, if you imagine you obviously listen to a podcast which is full of speech, wouldn't it be great if the commercials are slightly opposite to that and actually have that space and have those gaps where? there's there's less going on, which grabs your attention. Yeah, good point. Otherwise, you're sort of going from speech to speech. Actually, if you did something slightly different with the ad, especially in, you know, in in mid, you know, mid-roll points, they that could be really powerful.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It would be a nice contrast. (laughs) Relaxation for the ears. (laughs) Yeah. I guess the idea is that um, there's something to be said for creating theater of the mind when it comes to digital broadcast as opposed to radio. um, and, And then, you know, TV, of course, or video is very much you're explaining what's happening on the screen as opposed to explaining what the sounds are because it's much more visual. So I guess in the sense of digital audio for podcasting and that kind of thing, it's almost like You're describing the sounds as opposed to the visual where you wouldn't even have that opportunity in a radio Mm. commercial.
0: Yep. And I, and, I, and I think that's that's where, you know, we, we can use sound better in digital audio, but actually using the, the sounds. And, you know, that then goes on to using things like, you know, 3D audio, which is a technique where, um, you know, you can hear sound in, in 360 degrees if you're wearing headphones, if it's mixed in the right is way. Is that what
1: they call spatial audio? Spatial
0: or... audio, binaural audio. It has lots of different names. Yeah. It's, it's okay. um, you know, Sony have a product out at the moment called 360 Reality Audio, which is... They're reimagining a lot of their back catalogue um, uh, music into into 360. But they also have some kind of hardware s- speaker products which throw sound around the room, not quite in the same way that you'd hear it in your headphones. But it's quite you know it's it's kind of sort of class as spatial audio. Um, and there's some really good examples on YouTube if you search things like uh, 3D audio. Barbershop is a really good one where you're sitting in a barber's chair, and you hear the sound wow. of the clippers come <laughs> around the back of your head, and it's very, mm-hmm. very kind of vis- visceral sound. It, it sort of makes you kind of you know move out the way because it's so true to life. Um, and that is probably the sweet spot when it comes to to digital audio advertising and and to you know, to use sound properly within that space because you can do stuff, like we said, that you can't can't do on radio that gets a, an amazing reaction. And we, you know, we do lots of stuff in, in 360 and 3D um, you know, reimagining kind of like um, movie trailers and stuff. We we remix those in three sixty, and you can imagine for like horror trailers, that becomes quite a interesting experience. And there's oh some goodness, re- yes. yeah, there's some really some really <laughs> good examples of it. And uh, we did a big campaign with Tourism New Zealand where we sort of took listeners on a on a kind of three sixty journey through uh, through. The sort of soundscapes of New Zealand, and you know waterfalls, and you know kayaking through kind of ravines, and you know wow. hiking, and you'd hear all the wind in certain places, and it's a really, really rich audio experience. And
1: that was audio only. You weren't actually displaying visual. Audio only. Visual? Yep. nope okay. So all we
0: did is we just we did some really. We had an amazing um, New Zealand voiceover. Um, and sort of really descriptive language descriptive scripting but then just mm-hmm. complemented and punctuated beautifully with some really rich sound design
1: very nice yeah so that's that's fantastic being able to create soundscapes out of you know digital nothingness yeah absolutely <laughs> Pretty awesome. Yeah. I know that you do all sorts of work at uh, Creative Fix, though, right? So you do, you also do radio, but you you do uh, TV and video as well. So in that kind of a context, where does the sound come in?
0: Yeah. So we do, we do, we do audio for, for visuals. Yeah. So, so we, we kind of do audio for, for TV advertising, but also, you know, video commercials, so you know, online stuff. And, you know, and, and it's sort of that kind of sound design that happens after, uh, after the visuals are made usually. Um, and the interesting thing about video is that video is, um, you know, with audio on video sort of becomes a bit of an afterthought. It's sort of the, the sort of the last thing that everyone thinks of.
1: Oh yeah, that's um. why I have this podcast.
0: Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly <laughs> what that. <this> is for. <laughs> you know, it's almost like um, you know, production companies make these amazing videos, um, and then go, oh, no, we need we need you know we need to think about some music and stuff, and it sort of like becomes a bit of a rush. And but actually, when you think about it at the same time as you know pre-production, and you start planning it, and actually how the sounds going to work with the visuals. It elevates the video so much, and you'll know this if you've ever watched. You know, if you if you you know go in to watch you know some of the latest, like for instance, like the new James Bond, um, you know, trailer. And if you listen to the actual sound design on it, and actually what's included over the top, um, it just takes it to another level. Um, and, And there's stuff in there that, unless you sort of know and you hear it again and again, you don't realize that it's like, okay, this is you know they add so much into it to make it really pop. Um, I think sound is super important in 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 video, and I think it's it's not thought about enough. And actually, when you think about it, along with you know the actual production of of what the visuals are doing, that's where it can become become really powerful and actually really pop, and actually probably you know stand up against other stuff. And you know if you look at platforms like TikTok, for instance,
1: mm, yeah, you
0: know their whole thing is about it's a sound on experience, and you know nobody watches. You know unlike other social media potentially like on instagram videos and facebook and stuff nobody watches TikTok with the sound down it's it's almost sound first in a in, in a way because actually sometimes and and pretty much a lot of the time that dictates what's happening in the visuals um certainly when you look yeah. at things like you know TikTok dances and such like
1: oh yeah
0: um yeah. but but they but they you know their company sort of you know, branding and, and sort of point of difference is that it's a sound on experience. And I think that's that's interesting. And I think there's a lot to be said for that and, and how, you know, that's gonna develop over time.
1: Thank you so much to the people that have taken the time to leave an honest review of this podcast. I know it takes a bit of effort to do, and I know how busy and let's face it, kind of stressful our lives are right now. So it means a lot that you take the time to leave some feedback. Ran MCK writes, How important is sound? Jodi covers all frequencies of sound through her research and her guests. Her interviews with Tal and Hamish provide insight on how audio can be heard, not just listened to. Jodi's voice keeps you listening and want to hear more. I have become a better listener. Thank you, Ran MCK. I really appreciate your kind words. Now, back to the show. Yeah, it is definitely getting more popular, I think, as people understand that this is an underutilized area. But how do you convince your clients that this is important? I mean, you've said it makes it pop, but, you know, they're looking at dollars and cents as well, yep. right? <laughs> so how does this translate to them, do you think? And how, how can you convince them to pay more attention to this?
0: I think there's a, there's a whole conversation around audio identity generally at the moment. And I think it's it's that's one thing that is massively underused. And you know, in the most simplest form of audio branding, if you look at someone like McDonald's and I'm loving it. Now, the great thing about this is that you can have the say the TV running in the in the in the uh, in the in the in the lounge or whatever and you're in another room and you hear that that sonic trigger, that I'm loving it. Da 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 Um, you know exactly what it is and the reason why that's so powerful is because McDonald's are really good at layering that across all of their assets whether that's you know radio ads digital ads uh, TV ads it's um, very
1: consistent yeah
0: very consistent and you know you look at um, yeah the likes of Intel another good example of the 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 amazing Sonic uh, logo that that has Um, that's where brands Can really utilize sound. And I think there is a whole thing about audio identity, and it's not just about sonic identity, it's about being consistent with your voiceovers. And again, McDonald's are very, very good at this. You know, TV ads with the same voiceover as digital ads, as radio ads. You know, there's certainly in the UK, the McDonald's ad has been consistently voiced by the same person for a long time. Again, same at home with O2, uh, a big telephone uh, um, communications brand. Voiced by the same actor, Sean Bean, for you know, for t- almost twenty Sean years. Sean
1: Bean, really? Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I mean, the best VO gig in history, right? He oh, has, yeah, he good He has voiced for him. it since it launched, and I, I don't. Wow. It must be about it. Must be a near on twenty years, if not more. Um, wow. But he's good voiced for him. every single asset, and it's like <laughs> that's how you start getting some consistency with and, and brand recall when you when you keep doing stuff the same in terms of making sure there's some synergy across all your channels. Um, but it's, that's down to music as well, uh, and like I said, and that, those kind of sonic IDs that we hear as well.
1: Out of curiosity, how much, um, how many times do you find that your clients will go out and get um, a music component, like a song or, or something from, say, an independent artist, as opposed to looking for the most popular song of the moment or getting something in five minutes from a music directory? The reason I ask this is because you're talking about consistency and one of the things that consistency would be helped by is having a consistent piece of music and owning that consistent piece of music, which is, I kind of, I kind of think that's part of a big problem that a lot of companies are, are dealing with right now. And that is the artist that does this song for you could do something really silly or bad or whatever, and then you're associated with that song. Or it's a, um, a well-known song that you have to pay millions of dollars for, or you don't think about yeah. it at all, and you put a music directory, music like a music-licensed piece of music on your track or whatever on your ad, and then your competitor uses the same song, because they can! <laughs> You know, or not even a competitor, but someone in a completely different industry uses the same piece of music, and then what's your branding?
0: Yeah, it and it does happen. I mean, there's some. I think there's some big TV commercials where you know there's been a crossover with using similar tracks, and that you know it does create brand brand confusion. Um, I think you know it doesn't happen that often. Uh, we always advise you know our clients when we look at things like audio identity to look at uh, composing a uh, a piece of music that that is you know, works their brand, has synergy with their brand, but also is exclusive to them. And then what we tend to do is when we when we look at, you know, working with a brand and looking at their audio identity, you know, everything from voiceovers to sonic identity to music, um, we create potentially different mixes for different channels so we might make a mix for telly we might make a a mix of the same sonic logo the sound the same sounds and 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 the same piece of music which is just done in a slightly different way and arranged in a slightly different way for different channels and that works really well because you have that sort of consistent sort of sonic branding throughout it but in different places you hear it in a slightly different way yeah
1: yeah so it's more of an identity as opposed to yeah just Mm. a tacked on bit of music (laughs) exactly
0: yeah yeah and it works and it works depending on on where you're listening you know you wouldn't potentially want a you know a really heavy piece of music which is running through a digital audio ad but you might want something that's a bit more punchier for tv or radio and again having different mixes of the same Mm -hmm. track um works really well yeah
1: definitely so you do actually craft the sound for a client like do you do audio (laughs) branding over there
0: yeah absolutely yeah so we, so we're working with a, a couple of clients at the moment um um and we're looking at you know they're they're sort of really open to kind of how we can kind of help them kind of cut through in in this space and you know we're working with one one company who has an amazing visual identity they 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 look brilliant and and they've got a really great product that we are gonna hopefully bring to life in in, in audio for them. Um, and they've got a very, very clear visual identity, which makes it really easy for us because we can look at that and go, right, we know how to to turn this into a to an, an audio and a sonic identity for them. And that again is through, you know, picking the right voiceover, making sure that we're kind of delivering kind of voiceovers in the right way that's really authentic to them, um, making sure that we've got a really nice kind of sonic uh, logo, which is, you know, perfectly sums up their brand Mm -hmm. but then also looking at how we can then knit that through the music choices and potentially you know for for different for different areas and different channels that they that they advertise on
1: this has been part one of our interview i hope you'll tune in next week for part two well that's the end of this episode thanks for listening and if you like what you heard why not tell a friend about this podcast it's available in all the usual locations Until next time.